Hi everybody, Kat here and welcome back to Love First, or if you're new here, welcome. This is episode 5 of this podcast and today we're going to be talking about something I'm so excited about and overwhelmed and just thrilled to discuss. We're talking about God's love. As always, I start scripture off in the beginning of these episodes. So 1 John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. His entire essence is love. So, what does that mean for you and me? And what does that mean for our life, our future, eternity in heaven? Like, what does this mean? So, God in the very beginning of time, before we were here, before we were created, God had the angels and he loves the angels, right? And God is just so over pouring with love that he decided to create Adam and Eve and start this whole series of what is now life that we experience. And he decided to start this. But what he's going to do is he's going to create beings that can love him without fully seeing or knowing his glory. Now, yes, Adam and Eve were able to see his full glory until they sinned. But the rest of us can't see his full glory. So he's overwhelmingly overpoured with love that he creates us so he can give love to them. Now I'm a mom. And if you're a mom, you're going to directly, well, you may not relate to this, but you may also directly relate to this. I have one child and she's only eight months old. And I am so overwhelmingly overpoured with joy and happiness and love for my daughter that I already want a second kid because I have so much of this love that I'm like, oh, I just want to love all the little children, you know, like I want all these kids. I want this big family. And I find myself in a more loving situation because it's just, it's just love. I mean, having a child is so much love and it's indescribable. And if that's how I feel now with my child, if you don't relate to that, I totally understand. I know so many people that have one kid and it's like, whoa, we're done, you know, and I get it. Um, But if you do relate to me, that's probably the best analogy I can give on a personal level. Just being overcome with love and wanting to share it on everyone and everything and wanting more children to share your love on because it's such an incredible feeling. God feels that 24-7 and exemplified. He feels it more than we can feel it. So when he created us, he had everything in mind to create us so he could love us. He wants to love us. Now, we're going to segue for a second, and I'm going to use a very strange analogy, but bear with me. If I have a box of baking soda, and I pour vinegar into that box of baking soda, I know exactly what's about to happen. So if I don't want a mess, if I don't want a mini explosion akin to a science fair project, then I need to not pour the vinegar into the baking soda, right? I need to not create the mess. It's in my hands to not have it happen. I'm using that analogy because it's, well, it's relevant. I'm not saying that just to be crazy. When God created us, he knew we were going to let him down. And I say we, yes, Adam and Eve stands for all of humanity, okay? He knew we were going to sin and fall short of his glory. He knew that. But he still gave us a choice. He already had the angels. The angels know his full glory and they love him 
but he wanted beings to love him that don't know his full glory in a different way. Get what I'm saying here? Like, he wanted us to just love him and not love him because we can see who he is. Right? It's kind of like, I want my child to love me because she loves me and not just because I'm her mom. Don't just love me because I'm your mom. Love me because you love me. Love me because of who I am. Love me because of the relationship that we have. Right? That's what God wants for you and I. For us to love him because of who he is and the relationship we have with him. So when he created us, he knew we were going to let him down. And remember that God has emotions. We're created in his image. The emotions that we feel, those positive emotions, feeling, um, also feeling hurt, right? Feeling sad and heartbroken. God feels those same emotions. So when we let him down, we broke his heart, guys. Like it, it hurt him that we did that, but he knew it was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen, but he did it anyway because he had all this overpouring amount of love that he decided to still go through with it because he wants to share his love on us. And it doesn't end there because later he had to send himself in human form through his son, Jesus Christ, to not only come and be the example because we were messing up so bad, but because he was going to die for us. And remember, if God and Jesus are the same in the Trinity, that means when Jesus was nailed to the cross, God felt every bit of that. And it's not just the physical pain. Guys, when Jesus died, he took on the weight of all of our sins. So God came down and felt every ounce of what essentially is betrayal, shame, all of it. He took it on and felt it. So that we could be closer to him because he loves us so much. And the thing is, when he created us, he knew that as we sinned, we wouldn't be able to enter heaven. But God wants us there. God wants us with him because he loves us and he wants us home with him. He wants us in his kingdom and his home. And scripture tells us that when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, when we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we become part of God's family, not just minions that worship God, we become part of his family. He loves us. He wants us to come home with him. He wants us in his presence. He wants to take us back where we belong, but we don't deserve it. We really don't deserve it. He has done so many things to help us, to get us home. The love he has for us is a love we can't comprehend, but God's entire essence is love. So I had always struggled fully understanding what worship was. And that sounds kind of weird. I've been a Christian my whole life. Even saying it out loud is weird. Like, how did it take me so long to figure out what worship is? But over time, I started to see, I started to feel the Holy Spirit during worship. And now my worship is a different feeling. I want to sing every morning praises to him. And sometimes it's not even a song I hear. Sometimes I just want to sing a little tune to whatever praise I have, you know, I, I'm making up my own thing, like, uh, you know, so, or sometimes I sing a psalm, even though I don't have a tune for it, right? <laughs> I love doing that now because for me, that worship is centered towards my love for him and I get overcome with love and I want to share it onto God. And if that's my feeling, imagine God's love, the feeling he has, considering the love he has for us is a love we could never reciprocate because 
we don't have the ability. We're too sinful. We're too fallen. And we're not God. We will never, even when we enter heaven, be able to experience, uh, not experience, but to have the amount of love God has for us. It's a feeling. It's an, it's a concept. It's an essence that we just will never be able to understand. But when we get to heaven, the day we get to heaven, we will spend eternity basking in the love God has for us. Isn't that just incredible? I hope that as the way for you, it has for me, because for me, this is like, dang, he has so much love for us that when we get to heaven, like I experience his love every day here on earth, it is going to be in its full glorious presence in heaven for eternity. And I can't wrap my head around it because I think about the happiness I feel with the Holy Spirit and the joy and the elation I have, but it's fleeting sometimes, right? Because we live in a broken world. So things will come and attack me and drop me down. So the idea of being that joyous 24-7 is incomprehensible to me. I cannot for the life of me wrap my mind around this concept. And that's okay. I know that I will get to heaven, see my father, go back to my family, go home and bask in his love, his glory, and just be. Finally, the rest that we've been promised fulfilled because he loves you and I. In 1 John, when he tells us that he is love, that is not just something to kind of passively think. That's not just, oh, sure, God is love. God's entire essence is love, and he's overflowing with it. So he created you and me so he could love us, and he loves even those who aren't going to come home. He loves even those who will never accept his son as their savior, and some people are not going to come home. All right, and God knows that, but he still loves them. He loves every single one of us. And we rejoice that we can go home one day and see him and bask in that love and that glory and everything that it is. However, as I kind of came to this overwhelming moment of realizing that God loves me more than I could ever possibly understand, it put a large weight of responsibility on me. And it needed to. It needed to happen. The entire, the entire point of my ministry efforts is to work on making love the first reaction. It was the first episode of this podcast. It's everything that God's been speaking to me for many years now that love needs to be the first reaction. In fact, Jesus himself tells us the 10 commandments get summed down to one thing. Love God, love your neighbor. I mean, really, that's all it takes. It's a lot harder in practice, but that's all it takes. But I did some connections here. If God is love and we're called to be godly, then to be godly, we must love. That might seem super obvious to you. It wasn't to me. (laughs) Like Sometimes there are things that are so obvious and in my face and it takes me too long to figure it out. But when I do, it's a great moment and I'm rejoicing and I'm thankful and I'm praising God that he did open my heart and mind to this. Um, If we want to be godly, then we have to love and try. We will never ever be able to reciprocate the kind of love God has for us, but we can try. If God loves us as much as he does, then we have to try to reciprocate that. We're in the process of getting my daughter dedicated 
And when we did our dedication class, they mentioned that um, the best gift we can ever give our child is by loving them and showing them that love and making sure they know that they're loved. And now that makes so much sense. If they don't feel loved, they're going to have a harder time understanding how much God loves them. I'm not going to be perfect at it. I will never be able to give her the love God has for her. But I can do my best to try so when she feels and is baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's easier for her to realize that God loves her immensely because we as parents did our humanly best to show her the kind of love God has for her. I feel overjoyed with just happiness and love from God. And I'm praying that you guys feel that same joyous feeling that I have. I'm just really moved by this. And I pray you guys are too. So if you're struggling today or tomorrow or a year from now, remind yourself, 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Don't forget it. Hang on to it. And if you don't fully understand it right now, that's okay. You don't have to fully understand it right now. And I'll be praying that you do find a point where you fully understand it, but, or at least kind of understand it, but really hold on to that scripture. It's a good reminder that God will never, when he said he will never abandon us, when he said he'll never forsake us, he meant that because he loves us. His entire essence is love. Hang on to that. That's my prayer for you guys is that that holds weight for you. Today, tomorrow, and forever. God is love. He loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us. So with that, I will let you guys to it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, God bless. Have a fabulous day. And I'll talk to you all next time. Thank you.